Okay, welcome in. We're back on the pregame podcast golf preview on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I'm Will Doctor. Uh, joined with me is James Ledbetter. This is our second week. We're going to go over some a little bit of U.S. Open review. We're going to work our way into Travelers Championship this week. We're going to start with some favorites uh, from the U.S. Open and go back over our picks and our lineups. James takes a 2-0 lead in DraftKings. We'll, we'll talk more about that. Uh, kind of going to go into a little bit of the storyline for the Travelers. Uh, and then go into the favorites in our picks for uh, for this week. James, how you doing? I'm doing well, Will. Uh, what an amazing week of golf to watch. I uh, hope you were able to spend a lot of time on the couch. I was. Uh, yeah, I was parked. Let's just, yeah, you're parked. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's just let's just start it off then, right? Ron yeah. was the uh, was the favorite at ten to one, and uh, he got it done. He uh, birdied the last two holes. You know, dropped like a. 30 footer and a 20 footer. I saw some stat that said there was a 1% chance of him making both of those putts, obviously not really, you know, bringing in the clutch factor. Right. <laughs> but yeah. uh, pretty cool bounce back for John Rom after the Memorial mishap where he had to get, um, you know, he got obviously COVID and wasn't able to play that final round and uh, kind of stuck it to the tour, I think with uh, that finish and then his first major. Yeah, and, and moving on to to DJ, uh, sixteen to one, uh, came in nineteenth. Uh, it was really just Friday and Sunday that hurt him seventy three, seventy four on those days. Had a great uh, so called moving day, even though the real moving day at the U.S. Open is on Friday. He shot sixty eight um, on Saturday. Moving down to Brooks, uh, T four was really right in until the uh, until the back nine, where the the ten through thirteen hole stretch kind of hurt him. Uh, James, what'd you yeah, say? And, yeah. And just kind of adding to that, just so the listeners kind of understand, um, golf obviously is a game of inches. Brooks finished two over his last three, Rom birdied two out of his last three. And that's the difference between the tournament. So um, I think Brooks is going to be one of those guys where, you know, probably not sleeping too great Sunday night uh, because he, he realistically could have probably posted four or five and put a lot more heat on Rom down the stretch. And, you know, as you know, uh, these U.S. Opens, if you can just post a number, you know, put, put your feet up on the couch like we were and uh, kind of watch the course do its damage, uh, that's kind of the best way to do it, you know? So we've seen that the last couple of weeks with Higo and Rom. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, you know, moving right into Bryson at 18 to 1, he finished tied 26, which is just not really indicative of how his week was. He – you know, it's hard to believe, but he had the solo lead by himself on the 10th tee box and shot a back nine forty four, which I've really never seen. <laughs> um, I wouldn't really call it a, you know, obviously it's a bit of a collapse, but it's one of those things where you miss a couple shots at Torrey and uh, it definitely shows its teeth. Yeah, he had built himself back in the tournament with 33 on the front and, and then just a complete, I mean, like you said, not a collapse, just more of a back nine meltdown I, I, in a way I'd put it, but yeah, uh, moving on to Xander, probably the most steady Eddie of the scorecards uh, in the field. Uh, pretty consistent, right around par every day. Uh, hometown event. Any, anything to add on Xander? Yeah, and just I mean, one thing I want to add is, please go back to putting conventionally. Um, Xander experimented the last couple of weeks with a long putter that uh, is similar to the Kucher putting style, or even Bryson. 
before doing that, Xander was sixth in putting. And uh, this week he lost two strokes on the field putting someone like a Louis Uses and gained seven strokes on the field. So, you know, that differential is obviously a big deal, but it's one of those things where if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just keep putting normally, Xander, you'll be fine. Uh, and let's just move right into Rory. So Rory was at 20 to one. He loves missing four footers. Uh, you know, unfortunately in these last, you know, the last couple of years in big, big tournaments, you know, those four footers seem to be rimming out versus rimming in. Just ever since he, he left the, the draw putting stroke, went to the cut with the putter. Yeah. It's, just, it's just been downhill from there. But yeah, quick on Rory. Uh, took him at 12 to 1 about halfway through the round um, on Friday. Had just made birdie on 11 and 12. Uh, took him at 12 to 1. Obviously lost some value with that, but thought it was a good position. I, I just I thought we were seeing shades of 21 Rory. Um, yeah. ended up making three bogeys after that. And, um, I mean, actually found himself near the lead, uh, going into the background on Sunday, uh, mm -hmm. but played 11 and 12, three over, I'm sorry, 12 and 13, three over. Um, and, and that was the tournament for him moving on to speak the sheriff who started out with the 77, uh, clawed his way back, but kind of like you said, 77 first round, it's just, it's a little out of reach. Yeah. It's one of those things where, um, you know, when the when the final score ends up being, you know, in a U.S. Open is normally going to be between, you know, even four under this one got to six under. You know, if you're if you're shooting six over the first round, you got a lot of work to do. And uh, honestly, pretty cool stat by Spieth is he picked up strokes, um, strokes gain on the field in every category this week. So looking forward to travelers, uh, obviously, kind of every part of his game is going to rounding into form. And if, you know the tournament started on Friday versus Thursday speed obviously would be right in there. You know, let's move on to JT who was sitting at 23 to one and his week. I mean, had a, you know, a solid week, but on uh 10 had the old discount double cross and uh, uh, we saw his ball kind of go left of the fence. And uh, that was kind of his week. Will anything to add really on JT? No, just like his back nine on Sunday when like kind of well, like the rest some of the heavy favorites did, but, uh, no, that's it for me. Uh, you ready to move on into our, uh, into our picks for the U S open. Yeah. Let's just finish with Morikawa, right? So Morikawa was at uh, 25 to one. Um, he had a good week, finished tied fourth. Another guy who had a, you know, brutal kind of opening round, opening round 75, and then, you know, brought it back with three rounds of 67, 70 and 70. And, you know, I actually really liked him at the start of the week and that 75 kind of made me like him more, honestly, in terms of, I was able to uh, get a number. I got him at 150 to one after that uh, opening round 75 and man, he looked good kind of three quarters through the round before he got to that 13th hole and decided to go for it on 13 from 320 with a three wood and ended up making double went from four under to two under and uh let's just yeah through the uh through the through the ticket in the furnace <laughs> yeah so into our in, into our picks last weekend at the u.s open uh yeah my first one was cam smith top 10 wasn't even close uh five over through two rounds and and ended up going home missed the cut by one um mm -hmm. A lot like Sung JM, who, who I've picked a lot lately. Cam Smith looking at his 35th week in a row out on tour. Um, back at, He is back at the Travelers this week, but definitely seeing some regression from him. Uh, mm -hmm. James, your, uh, your first pick the place from last week. 
Yeah, so I had uh, Patrick Reed to top 10. Um, he finished 19th, so, you know, was pretty close there. He had a final round 67, kind of backdoor top 20'd it. But, uh, you know, obviously he won the Farmers earlier in the year. I liked him there, but uh, close, you know. So, well, how about your next one? Yeah, my next one was Mark Leishman, top 20. Uh, finished 62nd, really nothing to brag about. Didn't get one thing started this week. Uh, made the cut on the number and uh, not a lot of birdies. Yeah. Yeah, well, my next pick was Morikawa top 10 plus 250, and that did hit. So uh, nice to make a little cash there. Um, that's one of the things I liked in last week's episode was, uh, you know, taking Reed and Morikawa. And, you know, all I needed was really one of one out of two of them to obviously uh, to finish top 10 and you made money. So very happy with that one. Lovely. Will, how about- Lovely. So, yeah, we work into our in, into the uh, to the matchup and uh, I took one oh, well, matchup. Well, I had one more pick. OK, go, yeah, yeah. go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. So I had out of left field. I had uh, Matthew Wolf top 20 plus 850 and that hit. It looked like he was going to win the tournament for a little bit, but uh, you know, kind of what I saw is when a guy is going DQ, MC, DQ, withdraw, and I know he's been going through some tough stuff. You know, this week, this Tory Pines week, unlike any other week weeks, it's almost like a different sport. Normally, birdie's a good sport. This week, par was a good sport, so it kind of helped him to obviously kind of get out of his head. And uh, nice to cash that one. And we and we talked about with Wolf, right? Like how you know, showing up to Tory in a state that, you know, players struggling like Wolf uh, was. And, you know, to be honest, there, there's not, as far as the power game, uh, not many players like Wolf. But just kind of kind of talk about, again, you know, when you go into Tory, that type of golf course, th- does it put a bit of an ease to the system for a player like Wolf, um, you know, who, who doesn't want to see things get too narrow? Uh, well, after I, a long stretch of time off, I mean, and I mean, this isn't technically analytically based or anything, but if you're struggling, right, you obviously want to be in an atmosphere where everyone's struggling, you know, <laughs> like, right, right, uh, absolutely. Yeah, we're not one of those, going, you know, 12 under every day. Yeah, two over normally is, uh, you know, probably what he's been used to shooting when you're struggling. And when two over is a good round, it's, it's just like a different kind of mindset to go into it. And well, how about you just go over your dark horse and your outright picks? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I'm gonna start. I had one more. I had a matchup, and and which ended up being oh. my best best bet for the week. Uh, the French Paul, matchup. That's yeah, right. the French matchup. Paul Barjon over Victor Perez, and uh, this was looking amazing on Friday morning. Paul was starting the day two over. Victor was already in the house. Uh, not a good day. Was nine over. Um, yeah, Paul had a disastrous uh, back nine. Um, it bogeyed half the holes on the back and sitting there crossing my fingers and 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 he ended up bogeying 18 on Friday to miss the cut and lose to Victor by one. So no good for me. We start 0 for 3, James. Um, your dark horse and outrights. Yeah, so my dark horse was uh, Gary Woodland. Um, he kind of had a nice... Uh, Nice start to the tournament, kind of was keeping himself right in there, but had a rough weekend. Uh, you know, he was at 90 to one, so he finished tied 50th, so kind of was a little off with that one. And then uh, the, sorry, my outright win picks were I had Brooks uh, 18 to one. Um, he finished tied fourth, and he was right in there all week. I was 
one of those, you know, I wasn't sleeping well Sunday night either with Brooks after, after that kind of finish, but uh, had Tyrrell at 50 to one top five he, after the first round. And then he was right there. So, yeah. So um, that one hurt the old DraftKings. but, uh, and then I had Fleetwood at 80 to one and he finished uh tied 50 as well. So, yeah, my outrights were Daniel Berger at 50 to one. He finished T seventh. And then I had Spieth at 16 to one. He finished 19th. Uh, Berger played very steady all week. I don't think he ever left the top 15 after the first round. And, uh, you know, Spieth was on the comeback train the, the, uh, the whole week. My last, my last outright pick was, uh, like I said, Rory on Friday, 11 to one and 12 to one. Uh, and the shocking course management early on the back nine hurt that. Uh, mm-hmm. James, Anything left before we move on to our DraftKings where you uh, finished, well, now 2-0 and against me? Yeah. Um, besides a personal apology from Morikawa, yeah, nothing else. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's move into the DraftKings lineup. I had uh, Brooks, Morikawa, um, Tyrrell Hatton, Joaquin Neiman, Lee Westwood, Brandon Grace uh, for a – Final score, 342, actually finished in the money in my uh, DraftKings uh, event. That but uh, you, know, you, you kind of got a uh, non-conference Alabama there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm FAU uh, versus Alabama. I'm, yeah. I was Lane Kiffin this week, led with Saban. <laughs> um, listen, I rolled with Cameron Smith again. Uh, who was fourth in my lineup. I, I just, I put a lot on Cameron Smith last week and um, ended up seemingly hitting that wall, full blown temper tantrum on Friday. And, and then Justin Rose was my third guy. who finished 12 over for two days. So uh, you know, get, Brett, what, what, what kind of points did Justin Rose get you for finishing like DFL? Um, I, it, it had to been negative. Yeah. Yep. That's, uh, that's going to hurt. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, Foley just keeps making his swing shorter and shorter. It's almost as compact stuff. But uh, anyways, <laughs> other than that, I had Bryson, uh, Patrick Reed, uh, Phil Mickelson, and then Wilco. I'm just going to call him Wilco. I'm not going to bother with the last name. Uh, yeah. But, you know, uh, James wins this week. 342 for him, 236 for me. He takes a 2-0 lead. Okay, moving right along into Travelers, James. We have, uh, you know, a couple guys going straight from Torrey to uh, Connecticut. Uh, you know, what do you think about this golf course in TPC River Highlands? Yeah, so, you know, a lot of guys moving over from U.S. Open. Um, you know, it's in Cromwell, Connecticut. Uh, it's a par 70. It's 6,800 yards. It's the third shortest course on tour. Um, and the only 58 ever shot on tour was there. Will, do you know, that's the trivia question of the day. Do you know who that was? It was, it was Jim Furyk. There we go. There we go. Ding, ding, ding. And um, the other so, one was as an amateur, Cantlay shot 60 here in 2011. Yeah. You know, as okay, an amateur, that's, that's a way to, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, you know, the past champions are, of the last five years, Russell Knox, Jordan, Bubba, Ches Reeby, uh, and Dustin. So, Definitely a course where all types of guys and games can really win here. Um, Dustin Johnson won last year. Uh, he shot 19 under. And it's kind of one of those courses, because it's a par 70, uh, you know, Will, as a golfer, you shoot one under, and it's just a nice little smooth 69. It's kind of interesting how that uh, 
kind of plays into it as, you know, people think they go so low here, but they're already starting off two under realistically when you're kind of looking at the scores. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, and I, I think, I think looking at the past winners, it, it really, it, it does open itself to low scores, but um, you know, I, I think being able to, you know, not have to fire as low to see lower scores is certainly nice. Um, moving and this is, in. Yeah. Yeah. Go, I just go want to add one more thing, you know, being at a short golf course, uh, this isn't like really Tory where you're just absolutely just swinging as hard as you can trying to get it up there as far as, you know, as far as you possibly can to have a, to have a wedge in. This is one of those where, you know, really got a point A to point B to point C kind of golf. So look for a lot of guys to be getting irons off the tee. Um, definitely we're going to have some traject, you know, some trash porn out there with the, uh, the singers and stuff. And uh, Bubba, looking to become a four-time winner of this golf tournament. So, uh, you know, that's a little intro kind of going in there. And then let's get right into those favorites. So Bryson coming off of 44, sitting at 12 to 1. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, awful finish last week. But luckily, he, he's returning to a course where he's had three consecutive uh, top 10 finishes. So as far as value, 12 to 1, look for Bryson in that top 5, top 10 number. He's not in my uh slate but uh certainly a play tpc river highland certainly a place he plays well uh, i i just i question uh you know he's not really hitting the ball that straight right now so uh, mm-hmm. and it's one of those all, things yeah. it's one of those things well with this course right this isn't uh us this isn't wing foot this isn't tory pines um bryson's actually number one in strokes gained uh td green in his last 50 rounds right so it's kind of just looking at it like if I hit it 360 up there in the rough, I'm gaining shots on guys that hit it 285 in the fairway. And I think this course is a little different where you, like I said, it's a little more point A to point B. It's a little more irons off the tee. I don't think Bryson's going to be really gaining as much distance wise um, on these other guys. So he's going to have to be a lot better with his short, short irons, which is what this course kind of prefers. And one thing I wanted to talk to you about, I kind of saw a stat here. Um, Six out of the last eight rounds Bryson has played, he's losing strokes on the field, um, chipping. And one of the things that he does is, as we know, Bryson, you know, wedge through three iron or four iron. They're all the same length. Ah, so yes. it's interesting to me, he's chipping, he's chipping with a seven iron length. Uh, yeah. Sandwich. And- and, and it's not it's not only around the greens. The he's almost dead last on tour, uh, you know, from the yardages of between seventy five yards and one twenty five, which yeah. obviously you know is going to be the same club. So, uh, no, this is a this is a a real problem that is Bryson evaluating most definitely. But uh, you know, I, I remember. I don't know, I, yeah, I don't know how you can I don't know how you can have that type of touch uh, with a 60 degree wedge that's linked to your seven iron. Yeah. And the, I mean, the perfect summary is I remember last week I'm watching, I think it's like the second round or something on the second hole just hits a missile 350 has 30 yards to the green and misses the green. And it's like how good, you know, obviously what you can't deny what Bryson's doing, but in the sense, if you're going to hit it 350, 
and have 40 yards into the green, it probably makes sense to be good at 40 yards. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, and I don't think it's because he puts too much of his emphasis on power. I, I certainly think that he probably still puts just as much work in with the wedges. I, I just – yeah. I just think, I, I, you know, I, even with, for now for, would that go with, with switching with going from in the wedges, having, uh, you know, just the stock length of wedges, would that kind of go against everything that, that he's put himself through as far as keeping those the same, keeping the, the setup, the same, the posture. Well, well Cobra, yeah. right. They sell, they sell single length irons. You know what I'm saying? So in terms of, there's probably some incentive to fit the brand of I do things yes. differently, but just kind of explaining the science, the longer the golf club, the faster you swing it. There's a reason why the long, they put a cap on how long your driver can be, right? It's 48 inches because you can swing a 49 inch driver, you know, five, six miles an hour faster than you can a 45, which is a uh, standard, but it's just, it's very interesting for him to be using that long a wedge and to be struggling with distance control, I don't think that's a, a coincidence, right? So let's just let's move on to DJ at thirteen to one, defending champion. He won last year, which is obviously yes. amazing. But he kind of limped in. He kind of bogeyed his last two out of you know five holes, and uh, obviously this course I'd say fits his eye if he won last year. But in terms of top twenties in his last two starts, you know, it's, uh, you know, most recently finished nineteenth at the U.S. Open, just kind of had that one bad. Uh, nine holes there but you know dj obviously a good look going into this week and moving on to uh cantlay patrick cantlay at 16 to 1 uh you know made the cut last week didn't find many birdies but obviously he's coming off some great mojo he played all 18 holes the first first round or the fourth round without a bogey and, and this is uh definitely a name that i'm gonna be looking to bet on uh come come this week and as we get uh we get into our, uh, our, our slate uh, and moving yeah, on. So to, yeah. and one more thing there with yeah. Cantlay, um, he has top 15s in his last three starts at Travelers. So um, that's obviously something to look at in terms of uh, he likes to, he likes to feel the place for sure. And, and, and Brooks at 18 to one uh, I'm not betting in Brooks and non-majors. He he's uh, you know, he admits that he doesn't care. So why would I put my money into it? Yeah. And, you know, just kind of looking at it, he has one career top 10 at Travelers. It's almost feels to me like he's only playing because his brother's there. You know, it's like, it's almost like when you're going to the, the soccer game with a sibling and it's like, you know, yours is earlier and you're kind of have to wait around and wait for them to finish as well. Right. Uh, it seems like I don't really know if it's interesting to kind of think about would Brooks be playing if Chase didn't get uh, into this event? His, yeah. His brother, or, if, or if Bryson wasn't playing. Yeah, yeah, maybe he's just kind of structuring it uh, based around. Uh, I yeah. mean, every event that they're at, it has to be free clock coins, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. They had another good week, I'm sure, for social media, the social media money list. But, just you know, moving right, into, yeah. moving, moving right into Paul Casey at 18 to 1. Uh, he's coming off back to back top sevens and majors, so obviously playing well. He's eighth in strokes gained T to green in his last 50 rounds. And the only thing that's really held him back is his putter. And kind of adding one more note, he has three top fives in his last four starts at Traveler. So another guy I'm kind of looking at heading this week in terms of likes the golf course. Yeah, nothing to add to that, James. If you're looking yep. for a horse, if you're looking for a, uh, a horse this week, I think Casey's your guy. 
Moving on to Patrick Reed at, at, at 22 to one. Uh, I have, I don't have any, any notes on Patrick Reed. He's, he's staying off my slate this week. Uh, anything to add on him? Finished, you know, tied 19th at Torrey after uh, definitely a backdoor top 20 uh, shot 67, the final round. Um, one thing I kind of like with him is uh, fifth on tour and putting, right? So when you have a course that's short, um, and lends itself to short iron play, it's pretty much going to be, you know, putting is definitely going to have a premium. This isn't like a U.S. Open where you can ball strike the heck out of it and putt and lose strokes to the field putting and kind of finish your top five, top ten. You need to make putts this week. The average kind of winning score over the last five years is, you know, between 13 and kind of 17 under, kind of in that range. Dustin going 19 last uh, last year. But definitely a bit of, a bit of a putting contest. And kind of just looking at, uh, Patrick Reed's year, it seems like he either misses a cut or finishes top 20. So kind of looking at his ball striking, if his ball striking is on, you know, he's a great putter. He finishes top 20. If his ball striking off, he kind of just misses a cut. So kind of look at that and, uh, that'll definitely be, uh, you know, a theme in my picks kind of, kind of going forward. You know, next we got Scotty Scheffler at 25 to one. And, uh, is he like the new He's, you know, he'll have what Brooks is having when it comes to competing in these majors. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, a T7 finish last week at the U.S. and then, uh, you know, eighth in the PGA a couple weeks ago, uh, third in the Memorial two weeks ago, because, you know, if we do ever have the uh, debate of what should be the fifth major, uh, Memorial's definitely in that conversation. But, uh, you yeah. know, Scheffler's a great look this week at 25 to 1. Uh, mm-hmm. fourth in total strokes gain this year on tour. He's made 22 to 30 uh, uh, putts and, and, you know, really, you know, doing everything well and starting to be one of those guys week to week that you can really count on as far as that, uh, that top 20 pick goes. Yeah. And yeah, he's had seven top tens this year and, you know, you keep knocking on the door. I think, he, I think he's going to be in the winning, uh, the winner's circle pretty soon here. Moving into Finau at 28 to one um, MC hammered at Tory. MC hammered in his last two starts at travelers um, MC hammered, meaning uh miscut. Uh, I'm sure that'll be something we see a lot. Uh, yeah. And then uh, what's interesting, he's actually been struggling a little bit with this game after losing a playoff earlier this year at um, Riviera Riviera to Max Homa. Um, and, you know, struggling is all relative. He's had two top 10 since then, but man, it seemed like he was on a run for a while started this year um later in the year last year where he couldn't finish outside the top 10 we'll kind of want to hear your thoughts on if he now will win a golf tournament again <laughs> yeah it's been so long right and and he had that streak where you know top fives after top fives uh now things have kind of gone off balance uh really struggling with the putter but he does have three top 25s uh in the travelers in his career with with fifth, 17th uh, being his best finish in 2017. Uh, you know, will he win a golf tournament again? Up for debate. Is he going to get back on that con- consistent, steady Eddie top 10 circle? Absolutely. Yeah. Very similar guy to Scheffler. You keep knocking on the door. He should be in the winning winner circle soon, but he's kind of like one of those guys like Rory when he's got a three, four, five footer down the stretch. I'm not a hundred percent sure it's going in, you know? So um, let's kind of super move, sketchy move. with the putter, super sketchy. Oh my God. He changes grips on an hourly basis. It seems like, you know, <laughs> honestly, honestly, he's like one of those guys who changes grips during a round. And, uh, 
that is just not something I want to bet on. Right. So let's no, move into no. let's move into Matthew Wolf um, at thirty five to one. Glad I'll, uh, I'll, let, I'll let you take the range on this guy. Yeah, you, had, so, you, you went through the roller coaster with him last week. Yeah, so he's one of those guys where he's extremely talented, and I liked him going into a tough golf course. That's why I bet him to get, you know, finish top 20. But that doesn't erase the form he's been in, right? I know he uh, had a two month break, um, kind of work on his mental health, uh, and he had a great week at the US Open, but is he back to competing every week um, or, you know, challenging uh, kind of in that top 10, top 20 range? I'm not hundred percent sure. He has no top tens this year. He has like four missed cuts, a withdrawal, uh, DQ. I mean, he's got every letter in the alphabet. So, um, you know, and no top tens. So, and it's one of those things as well. I just got, want you guys to kind of understand you know, if Wolf didn't play last week and he's coming into this week without having that um, 15th at the U.S. Open, you might be able to get him at a number that's close to, you know, 70 to 1, 80 to 1, maybe even 100 to 1 with how bad he's been playing. But there's a little bit of overreaction, I think, from the book here, putting him at 35 to 1, you know, putting him in that Finau Scheffler territory that I just want to see him do it a little more often before I kind of I kind of trust him again. So. He's only played the Travelers one time before and he missed the cut. So I just think it might be something to kind of stay away from this week. And then yeah, his, his game kind of seems to resemble Bryson heading into this week. Obviously, I know Bryson's, you know, played a full season and all. But as far as kind of that, just I'm not sure the, the you know, being open to how wild uh, Bryson is willing to be. And, of course, Wolf as well off the tee is really going to get the job done this week. Yeah, and I think I see what you're saying there with the game, but put some respect on Bryson's name in terms of, uh, you know, Wolf Wolf is, has made probably corn fairy money this year. You know what I mean? Like he's had that bad. Yeah, year, he so. yeah he hasn't had a year. Yeah, Bryson's you know Bryson's having bad tied sevenths and tied thirteenths. Let's right. let Wolf get a get a couple more uh, um, results till till we start kind of moving our money towards him. Um, and then we got answer at thirty five to one. Missed the cut at the U.S. Open. Three top 15s in his last four starts, though, besides that. And one thing I want to talk about is, you know, Abraham Answer is known for uh, – is known, you know, whether it be the announcers or the media or all – for his, like, short game. But kind of looking at his stats, he's 86th around the green. So he's a below-tour average chipper. But with all these Instagram videos and – hitting off, hitting these, you know, flop shots that are spinning back three feet. You'd think he'd be the, you know, the next Phil Mickelson. We'll kind of talk about how the media sees this video go viral and people kind of just don't really look at the stats. They just assume he's a, a, an amazing chipper. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was actually, I fell for this. Um, you know, this was, this was me probably about a year ago. I thought, um, I, I really did think that Abe, uh, he's obviously in person. He had, he is, you know, he, he has the best hands that I've seen that certainly doesn't translate uh, to st- statistics on tour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. one of the worst out there. And it, it, it's, it, it's one of those things I've seen guys like him where they can hit all these different shots. And when it comes down to just hitting a simple shot, it's like the <laughs> yeah. mind can't even get around to it. Um, you know? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what's, I don't know, even in terms of, we'll take, 
15 seconds and try to help uh, a couple golfers listen to this, right? Practice Absolutely. shots that you're going to have consistently. There's no point in working for a couple hours hitting flop shots around the green when you might have one a week or, you know, hopefully one around. You know, practice little bump and runs because that's the stuff that's really going to kind of help you, uh, you know, to shoot those lower scores because, you know, if you're missing in the right spots, we'd like to have more bump and runs and flop shots. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Opening the face wide open and, and weakening your left hand to the, to the max, it will never help you on the golf course. And yeah, uh, you, you know, as good as spinners as he hits, you know, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the stock shots that need a, need a bunch of improvement. Okay. Moving on into the picks to place for the travelers championship. Uh, my first pick is, is, uh, is Abe answer top for a, top 20 at plus 165 and you will see there's more value at plus 350 for top 10 uh, but I feel more comfortable with the top 20 ticket after he missed the cut last week at Torrey uh, you know before missing the cut there 14th at Colonial 8th at the PGA uh, 2nd at Wells Fargo and 5th at Valspar and uh, you know some might not take the answer ticket if, if you're buying into uh, you know energy after playing the U.S. Open, but he missed the cut. There's plenty of rest, and betters must remember that, uh, you know, there is no such thing as U- U.S. Open fatigue uh, when playing, when, when these guys play in the Travelers, and, and DJ and Spieth have both shown that uh, here the last couple of years. Yeah, and, Will, I want to apologize for ripping uh, um, answers chipping a little bit there. Uh, you know, I think he's got a – he's had uh, – three top 15s his last four starts. So I, you know, obviously playing well enough. One of those things too is, you know, sometimes in a U.S. Open golf course, like I said, it's a lot different golf, you know, pars, yeah, well, pars a good score yeah. versus birdie is a good score. So, um, yeah, you, you were, you were absolutely, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, he, he still is not chipping that well. He just, when you don't miss greens, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it's a lot easier to say that, but obviously the U.S. Open, it presents those obstacles, uh, you know, mm-hmm. You're, you just have you're gonna miss greens and I think that's what happened and, and certainly still paying for it yeah so I'll kind of move into my pick then I you know my picks to place uh, I have Patrick Reed top 20 plus 120 kind of what I talked about er- earlier with his year kind of the theme is if he makes a cut he finishes top 20 if he misses the cut he misses the cut and <laughs> obviously it's one of those things where he's fifth on tour and putting so it uh, it's if his ball striking is on, you know, I, I really like him this, this week to, uh, to finish in there. And, you know, realistically, hopefully I can, uh, uh, not be too stressful with it. He's a guy who could contend any week as well. And my next pick to place is Aaron wise top 20 and plus 35, uh, plus three thirty-five. He's ball striking it like an absolute madman. And, and, uh, if he can just get the putter rolling this week, uh, you know, and you can say that about a lot of these guys, but as far as how well he's been, he's been striking the ball ninth at Memorial 17th, the PGA and, and, uh, and ninth at, at, uh, at Willis Fargo, um, you know, not missing a whole lot of greens, uh, not missing a whole lot of fairways. I think those are two uh, variables that, that definitely get the job done this week. Yeah. And then for me, I have uh, Kepka top 20, top 20, 25 to one. And by Kepka, I mean, Chase Kepka, the, uh, the runt of the, the runt of the litter. Yeah. Right? But uh, you know, one thing I want to say is like, he's got game. He finished 30th in the Honda, uh, 
And it's one of those things where a couple of these guys that don't have a lot of these starts, there's a big difference. Well, like, you know, um, if you're playing on corn Ferry, you're playing on Latin, you're playing on these, you know, these smaller tours and you get called up, right. You finally Monday qualify for something or you get a, you know, a sponsor exemption. Those first couple starts are, uh, let's just say a little nerve wracking, you know, you're not going to be as comfortable. It's kind of like, a you know, throwing a quarter, a number one pick in for week one against the, uh, I don't know, let's say Ravens defense or something. So, you know, look for, you know, chase to kind of, he's kind of had a couple starts out here now. And I just really kind of like him this week. His brother Brooks is playing in terms of a comfortability factor. And, uh, you know, anytime you can get him at, you know, 25 to one top 20, uh, you know, it's a good look. So we'll kind of talk about your uh, your other picks to place. Yeah, I would love to see Brooks and Chase's setup in Hartford this week. I bet it is pure. My next one though is uh, is uh, I'm rolling with Tony Finau, top ten at at plus three hundred. I'm paying no attention to Finau's miscut at the U.S. He's made twenty two and twenty eight cuts this uh, this week. I'm I'm hoping uh, you know the bent grass greens provides an easier experience for Finau on the greens because. Uh, you know, I checked this earlier and he is ranked amongst the worst putters in the PGA tour, but the number is actually slightly skewed because of how bad he puts on Bermuda. Uh, TPC river Highlands is a mix of bent and Poe. Uh, not exactly uh, sure on that, but uh, you know, he picks up about half a shot on the field on bent grass and Poe. So, uh, you know, that's a good enough number for me to, to, to go ahead and take a top 10 plus 300 Tony Finau. One of my, uh, favorite picks this week is Bubba Watson top 10 plus 500. He's won here three times. So obviously love, likes the golf course. And, you know, he was kind of in the thick of it, you know, the first couple of days at US Open, he had a, um, he had a couple good rounds there. Nice to show a little form coming in. Uh, and he's one of those guys where if he's on, he wins, you know, uh, obviously, a little bit variant in terms of the way he shapes the ball and stuff, but uh, at a place he's won three times to get him at plus 500 top 10. I feel like that's uh, more than doable. And then we'll kind of, let's talk about maybe your dark horse. Yes. Uh, I'm going with a, uh, a familiar face that we didn't see in the U S uh, open last week, but uh, it, it just found out today expecting his first child uh, coming up, but, Ricky Fowler, top 10, plus 750. We got the baby on the way factor, but that's not all. He struggled. He has struggled with his game, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, as of late, as of over the, the entirety of the season. But there is uh, there are reasons to be optimistic about Ricky heading into the Travelers. His swing uh, does seem to be appearing to trend in the right direction. He's gained strokes in his approach shots in both the PGA and Memorial, finishing 8th and 11th, I think, uh, you had him at one of those events and, and that's good enough for me. You know, I, I want to bet on Fowler, uh, you know, while his name is still at the bottom of the betting board and uh, you know, hopefully he gets another top 10 and, and uh, then the market's going to catch up. What about your dark horse? So I absolutely love this dark horse. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes at 120 to one, which like seems like a misprint just because of the fact uh, he contended. I mean, he all got stuck in a damn tree. I know. Teed off in one of the last two groups last week, shot 41 in the back, kind of pulled a Bryce in there to finish, you know, a lot further back than obviously you wanted to, but had some nice rounds in the 60s last week. Um, 
And another thing kind of tying into it is last year he finished third at the Travelers. So a little bit of recent form, a little bit of played well last year and getting him at 121, I just absolutely adore. I like it. McKenzie draws. And then moving yes, in, moving into our, our picks to win the Travelers Championship, uh, my first one, Patrick Cantlay at 18 to 1. Uh, and it's for none other reason than, than, than just how, consistent, how consistently he's been playing. Uh, got the win at Jack's event. We can call that Rom's, you know, victory as far as, as, far as uh, gambling. I, I'm, I'm interested to, to know how he looks at it. I mean, a win's a win, especially at Jack's place. But, yeah, Patrick mm-hmm. Cantlay, 18 to 1, is my first outright win pick. Uh, for my pick to win, I have Bubba. I think he gets his fourth win at Travelers this week, uh, and he's sitting at 50 to 1. It's just a guy I just think is going to be there late on Sunday. And then my other pick, I have Scheffler at 28 to 1, and he's a guy who has, you know, seven top tens on the year. He's another guy who's just – I really see him being there late on Sunday. Absolutely, and I'm, I actually – I join you there. I, I have Scotty as well at 28 to 1. Uh, and and move, moving into our – our best bet, our, our best bet of the week before we get into uh, DraftKings. And, uh, you know, my ticket's already there. I'm t- Tony Finau, uh, plus 300 to, to finish top 10 uh, is my best bet of the week. Yeah, for me, my, my best bet is Patrick Reed, top 20. I think he uh, makes the cut this week and, uh, you know, I think he's going to finish up there. So I feel very comfortable getting him at uh, plus 120. Um you know, one of the best players in the world. I think he can do it. I feel even more comfortable about getting my first uh, DraftKings lineup win over you. Uh, I'm, I'm loving my setup this week. I, I'm going to get right into it. Scotty Scheffler uh, batting leadoff for me. And then uh, Matthew Wolf uh, as my second. Tony Finau, uh, Aaron Wise, Ricky Fowler, and then Carlos Ortiz. And I have $100 uh, left over uh, your lineup yeah. for this week, James. Yeah. So I have um, Dustin, uh, Bubba, Keegan Bradley, Rafa Cabrera Bello, Ricky Fowler. Look and at that McKen- accent. Led. And, Mac- and Mackenzie Hughes. And uh, I had to dish out a lot for DJ. So I need a good week. Him, <laughs> but uh, I kind of like the, you know, I kind of like the caboose there with Mackenzie as well. So, um, well, at some point, right, you'd think uh, you'd get on the board here. But, uh, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, yeah, in a row. Mackenzie <laughs> draws is definitely going to gonna gonna give me some trouble. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. hey, that's going to that's going to that's going to wrap it up for us uh, for our U.S. Open review and, and Travelers Championship preview on the pregame podcast golf preview on uh, on RJ Bell's dream podcast. Uh, we enjoyed it. We, we wish all the best of luck heading into this week, James. I really appreciate it. Uh, Anything else to add? It was fun. Let's go make some money. Yeah, let's do it. We'll see you all next week. Have a good one.